In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to give us a reason to rejoice. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. That's kind of how this should work. Some days. I mean, a, a lot of times we're sitting here and, and we, we're not super happy. A lot of times it, it's this kind of thing where we go, oh yeah, I'm happy. Great stuff. And yet our face doesn't express that. It's this weird kind of thing where... And Paul, talking to the Thessalonians, seems to get across kind of the same idea. In our epistle reading for today, Paul actually lays out some of the toughest law that uh, is in the Bible, I think. He says, rejoice always. And sure, on one hand, we're like, yeah, that sounds great. On the other hand, if that's a law, if that's something that we're supposed to do, we utterly fail at that. So much of the time. If that is what God is telling you to do, to rejoice always, you fail. In fact, from here, I can probably tell you that you fail. Because you're not rejoicing right now. And so we go to the next one. Pray without ceasing. This one we also are like, oh, that sounds great. Until we try it. And when we try it, when we try to pray without ceasing, we find out that we have to stop. Which means, oh no, we sinned. Because those are imperative verbs. For those of you that are not grammar people like some English majors in this congregation, (laughs) an imperative is a verb form that tells you what to do. And so it says, pray. Imperative. Do this without ceasing. And some of you probably just stopped praying. Oops. So you go, alright, well, how about the next one? Give thanks. Give thanks in every circumstance. Some of you are not Happy to be here. You're not giving thanks for being here. You're like, I don't, I am not giving thanks for, for this circumstance right now. Especially after Pastor Jay is telling me that rejoice always and pray without ceasing, that that's all law. It's all stuff that I'm expected to do. Oh. What do I do with that? Because legitimately, Here's the thing, that the reason that you're not always rejoicing, the reason that you're not always praying, the reason that you're not giving thanks in every circumstance is real simple for me to lay out for you. It's sin. Sin causes you not to rejoice. Sin causes you not to pray. Sin causes you not to give thanks. Sin is the problem. Sin is what gets in the way of the pink candle. 
Because don't we want all of those things? I mean, that, that's another tough part of this specific kind of law, is that these are all things that we kind of want. You know, the Ten Commandments, those we can kind of pick and choose, and we can go, well, I like that one, but not that one. You know, we can kind of go, like, we, we can get sort of indignant about some of the Ten Commandments, and those are law, those are imperatives, just like this section from Thessalonians. But some of those we can go like, hey, God, you know, get your get your nose out of my sexuality, man. God, get your nose out of how I use my money. Get your nose out of how jealous I feel when I see people having this stuff. We can get indignant about that stuff, but it's harder for us to get indignant about these three things that Paul lays out in front of us. We have a hard time saying... God, if you would just stop telling me to rejoice. You know, my spirit animal is Eeyore. I want to be crabby and grouchy, and I don't want to rejoice. I want to be Ebenezer Scrooge. We have a hard time saying that legitimately. We have even a hard time saying that we don't want to pray all the time. Proof of this is a silly little quote from Mother Teresa, who, you know, good lady overall. This quote, just kind of silly. Mother Teresa, about this part of Thessalonians, says, I do not find that it is necessary for us to stop our work in order to pray without ceasing. Only that we approach our work as a prayer. Yeah, okay. But you're still... Oh, I know. I just downgraded Mother Teresa. I'm sorry. But she's she's what she's doing is she's saying, well, I can do something else and it counts as prayer. (laughs) Wrong. Paul doesn't say to the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. And if you can't do that, by the way, here's a list of five other things that you can do that will work instead. No, he says pray without ceasing. And we don't like that because it's tough. So tough, in fact, it's impossible. Just as impossible as giving thanks in all situations. Yeah, that one's tough. Corey Tenboom, the great Christian author who also ended up in uh, concentration camps in, in Europe under the Nazi rule... They had this story about how when her and her sister went to a certain concentration camp, that uh, the room that they were put in was a room that was infested with fleas. And her sister reminded her of this, this part of scripture that says, give thanks in every situation. Corey Tenboom was like, ah, not this situation. <laughs> I'm having a tough time with this one. Getting bitten by fleas all the time is really not something that I want to be a part of. But as they began to give thanks, they actually started to see that they could do pretty much whatever they wanted when they were in their room. They could have Bible studies, they could pray, they could sing songs even because none of the guards wanted to go in their room either. But we have a hard time Seeing that just like 
Corey did. Have a hard time seeing opportunities for us to give thanks when they don't seem to present themselves right away. And so we fail at all of this. We even fail at these things. The stuff that we go, yeah, that sounds great. I would love to give thanks. I would love to pray. I would love to rejoice. But I don't. Because of sin. I don't because there's sin around me. I don't even because of my own sin. Because of my own failure to do stuff. The psalm reading kind of talks about this. It it talks about how the person who comes back with shouts of joy comes back because they went out with seeds. They, they went out with things that they were going to plant. And some of us, well, we, we just don't want to plant. We just want to receive. We just want to get. So we don't rejoice because, well, we don't try to rejoice very often. We, we maybe don't pray maybe because we, well, we just haven't tried it recently. Prayer is tough. We don't give thanks in every situation because... Oh, we have a hard time giving thanks in any situation. We plant little, or perhaps even nothing at all. And because of that, we come home sometimes with little or nothing at all. There's a lack of rejoicing in your life, if there's a lack of prayer in your life, if there is a lack of giving thanks in your life, perhaps there are outside factors that are making that happen. And that's very real. But perhaps there's also inside factors that's making that happen as well. And that's very real too. This law is difficult, even though it sounds good at first. It's really impossible. It's impossible for us to do anything, always. Possible for us to do anything without ceasing. It's impossible for us to do anything in every circumstance. And so what's the solution to that problem that we have? Well, the solution can't be what we normally try to do, right? So what we normally try to do when we're confronted with the law is we go, okay, great, I'll just try to do more of that, whatever that might be. And so if the law that we're presented with is, well, you should pray, then there's a part of us that says, well, okay, well, I'll just pray more. Well, you can't do that with this specific instance of the law because Paul has already said the law here is this. Pray without ceasing. Well, you can't do more there because it's already without ceasing. It's like saying 110%. I'm not a math guy. I know that's baloney. It's like turning it up to 11 in Spinal Tap. 
And so that can't be the solution. It can't be the solution that we just go, well, I just need to do more of something. The solution is actually found in the next paragraph. In the next paragraph in that Thessalonians reading, all of a sudden, the verbs change. All of a sudden, this isn't something that you have to do. It's being given to you as a blessing. All of a sudden, what is being said is this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus What's happening is you're getting all of the stuff from that first paragraph without doing it. That, that Paul is saying, now may this happen to you. May you have always rejoicing checked off. May you have always praying checked off. May you have giving thanks in every thir- circumstance checked off. And you go, well, how can that be? Well, how that is, is is actually connected to this body of Christ thing that we're going to be talking about for a long time. We're going to be talking about it this whole year. And, and here's how that works, is that you, in your baptism, because of Jesus Christ's death on the cross and raising from the tomb, because of his doing that, you have been brought into his body in baptism. You have been brought into who he is. And so now, instead of all of us being a part of our each individual bodies, we are a part of one singular body, this body of Christ. And so in this body of Christ, if one person is rejoicing, we are all rejoicing. If one person is praying, we are all praying. If one person is giving thanks in their circumstance, we're all giving thanks in our circumstance. That that's how this is getting checked off. But it's not just that. You see, here's the crazy thing about how this connects up with Christmas. Is that Jesus Christ was born into our humanity. And so we know that he is the one person who's got that checked off for us. That we're in his body. And so because of that... Those things are checked off. Because he has fulfilled all of the law. That's what John the Baptist is talking about in this gospel lesson. That John the Baptist is saying, there is one among you who is so great that I am not worthy to even touch the shoes that he wears. I am not worthy to touch his dirty socks. Because he is so great that his rejoicing and his prayer and his giving thanks covers my need to do that. And so we then can become like him and who he was. It's the pink candle. 
you look at our candles up here, there are three candles that are purple, one that's pink, one that stands out, one that is different, one that somehow is special. And yet, he's a part of the whole. He's a part of all of us. And we are a part of him. You take one of these candles out, it's not going to be a good Advent wreath anymore. We'd have to throw it away. He's the reason for our rejoicing. And the reason for our rejoicing is that he's even got our rejoicing covered. Which means that we can rejoice freely. It means that we can pray freely. It means that we can give thanks freely. That we don't feel like we're obligated to, but we just feel like we can. And so this week, may you put a smile on your face. May you laugh. May you rejoice. May you pray. And may you give thanks. And in the midst of that, may you see how you're participating in the body of Christ that wishes to be in this world rejoicing and praying and giving thanks. Amen.